You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, the 19th of April, I hope, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Those of you watching on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook can see that Dwayne Long is here. As you know, Dwayne, we cannot release his picture because that would hamper our Super fun naked jaunts, and we got a great commitment. So you see Orlando Pace there. We are going to chat today extensively about the spring game, about Jim Knowles' new defense, about some commitments, etc. If you are watching or listening, you want to subscribe to the podcast, you want to smash the like button for YouTube and Twitter, etc. And Sign up for the pod and the video show to get to you. And please submit all of your questions. We're going to take as many as we can by the end of the show. But Dwayne, first, we must discuss two commitments they got over the weekend. The first, Bryson Rogers. The second, Dijon Thompson. Both from Florida. A little bit of a different reaction. These aren't the highest rated guys Ohio State's ever gone after. And that's become a source of contention. What is your vibe on the commitments? I don't care what anybody says about Dijon Johnson. Dijon Johnson is outstanding. Uh, don't really pay that much attention to um, the uh, you know wh- where they are as far as what number they are at their position. Uh, I look at the film and make my own decision. And you cannot tell me that, that uh, Dijon Johnson is not one of the top 10 cornerbacks in the country. He's at least a four-star kid. Thompson. Uh, I thought it was Johnson. Okay, well. I hope not. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's just – watch the film. Dan, this kid is knocking receivers down at the line of scrimmage. They're not getting off the line of scrimmage. His punch is something – that an offensive lineman would be happy to have. He knocks people down. He can turn those. Time out. You were right. I was wrong. It's Johnson. That's my fault. Go ahead. Yeah, I thought so. I'm so high on this kid that, yeah, I'm on top of his name. Dan, this kid, he knocks people down. Uh, He can flip those hips and run with receivers. He's so competitive. He tackles. He does everything. He's six foot one. I I don't care. I uh, you rank him wherever you want to. My board, he's a four star top ten guy, four and a half star top ten guy. I absolutely love him. How about the receiver, Bryson Rogers? 
I, I, that one I'm not as excited about, but that has more to do with the fact that we're in on so many guys that are, that are, uh, uh, higher, you know, uh, like, uh, Carnell Tate, like Jalen Hall, like, uh, Brandon Ennis. And I would like to have seen what was going to happen with those guys before we went with a, with a lower ranked guy like him. He's a football player. There's no question about it. It's not what I would say, you know, falls into the reach category. That's, that's a bit excessive, but uh, there were just other guys on the board that I thought we had a real good shot at that were just better football players. And Brian Hartline, I trust. So absolutely. You know, until he uh, comes up empty, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt. Much was made of, Jim Knowles and his addition to the staff. If you go to the front of the site right now, Mark Porter has done a video breakdown of the changes that you can expect based on what we saw in the spring game. It wasn't the most exotic and there was some vanilla to it, but what was your general impression of the Jim Knowles defense given uh, our expectations? Well, the, the big thing that stands out is how aggressive the guy is. He's sending people, there are people coming from all different directions. Everybody gets after it. Um, you know, the way he, he lines up his defensive line, that is more uh, with the, with three guys down with their hands in the dirt most of the time. Uh, that is what we call a two-gap, which means that a defensive lineman is responsible for each gap on either side of him. And, he you know, he's there to, to tie defensive uh, offensive linemen up keep them from getting out on the linebackers. That's classic 3-4 defensive line play. Not under Jim Knowles. These guys are getting after it. They're, they're, they're rushing like 4-3 defensive linemen. And, and uh, everybody is just playing at such a high speed and, and uh, attacking the football. Uh, when this guy really gets his defense installed and puts it on the field where we can see it, he's not going to show to – show anybody what he's got before they absolutely has to show him. So uh, uh, you got to be excited about the difference. Uh, you got to be excited about several guys that, that uh, really come on. Um, is it Key Stokes or Kai Stokes? Kai. Uh, Kai. Wow, what a game he had. Wow, what a game he had. He really impressed uh, uh, a playing the ball and playing the run. Uh, one of the guys that we were not talking about much as far as, uh, you know, going to help this football team. And he was, if I only had to pick out one player, uh, player of the game, it would be him. Uh, we saw uh, JT to a Mola. He was outstanding. He had, he was putting uh, offensive linemen in the quarterback's lap before they could throw. Uh, uh, Jack Sawyer was on top of his game. Uh, Tyleek Williams on top of his game. So uh, uh, there's a lot to get excited about with the defense. There's some concern about the offensive line. I feel like we go through this every spring game where the defensive line looks better than the offensive line. Are you worried? I thought the the, – I give more credit to the defensive line than I do saying the offensive line is bad. Um, everybody's going to, or you're going to hear about Paris Johnson 
not having a good game, and he didn't. But I think that had uh, as much, if not more, to do with uh, Jack Sawyer really uh, looking like a, a kid that's going to be a big-time player this fall for us. Uh, I'll I worry about Paris Johnson when uh, that starts to happen during the season. Uh, he got Jack Sawyer uh, took him to school a few times. Um, but uh, the backup offensive line, Dan, we cannot afford an injury based on what we saw Saturday. The offensive line is going to be just fine if we keep the, the starters out there. Uh, we need Josh Fryer. Uh, and it would be nice if we could get one more offensive lineman to step up. Josh Fryer can play any of the three offensive line, inside offensive line positions. We know that uh, uh, here's the thing. You think, well, he could play both guards. No, Josh Fryer was a center in high school. He can play all three inside positions. We've been hearing about him for the longest time. If we could just get one tackle to step up that we know we can throw in there either side if there's an injury or anything goes wrong where we're without uh, Paris Johnson or Dewan Jones. That's what you're looking for. Do you think the next move for them will be to go into the transfer portal and possibly add one or two veteran offensive linemen? I think you have to look at it. You, you know, you go in there and say, don't just take a veteran because he's a veteran, but can he play here? That's what we've got to look at. Uh, and I think they should is, you know, there's, there's some youth in there. That's part of the problem. But uh, I noticed it when um, they let us into um, a scrimmage. Uh, what was that? Two weeks ago, maybe mm -hmm. uh, that the backup offensive line was getting absolutely destroyed. And then we see it here uh, live and in color. They were just getting absolutely taken apart. So, um, you know, we have to look at the possibilities of just like you said, just one or two guys that could come in and help us uh, right away. Guys that have actually played in a, um, in a game <laughs> at this level. I think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, though, because I don't see them offering anybody a starting gig. And how are they going to get a guy who's an Ohio State caliber to leave his current school to be a backup? That bothers me a little bit, but, you know, the, the, the draw of Ohio State is such that they still might be able to pull it off. All right, we're going to hit a couple more things, take a break, and then take your questions. We talked last week about the addition of running back Mark Fletcher, the bruiser, and they we know they want to add some lightning to that. Richard Young has been the apple of their eye. We just saw a crystal ball go for Alabama. Your vibe? Well, I uh, that's what we thought it would come down to, Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, and, you know, you always got to be um, – uh, cognizant of a of a crystal ball from Steve Wolfong, but mm -hmm. it's still the kid is not committed. And Ohio State's going to continue to go after him. So let's let's uh yeah maybe we uh we're no longer in the lead but let's um let's keep a good thought that we can pull this guy out of there. And they're not going to stop chasing Buckeye Nation, promise you. They're going to continue to recruit this kid until he signs a letter of intent. 
and they 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 flip guys before, and it wouldn't be nothing new for them to flip this guy. So uh, we'll see. There's a couple other guys out there. Um, Said Baxter. Baxter. Uh, what's what's his first name? Cedric. He's to me. I made this statement on the site last week that they may not be one and two. They may be one A and one B. He is impressive. And, you know, those are bell cow backs. And you, if you, if you see four of those guys in a class, uh, that's something. And those are two right there. Um, Owens, the kid from Texas, it would be, uh, be a third. Uh, and they're bell cow guys that you can just turn around, hand it to them 20, 22 times a game, and uh, they're going to help you win. Uh, these, that's what uh, uh, Young is, and, and that's what uh, Baxter is and Owens. So um, we've got, we still got options and we still could get young out of this. Yeah. If you end up with Baxter and Fletcher, that would be an absolute score. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. Uh, We are going to take a quick break for those of you listening to the podcast. And then we're going to come back and try and tackle as many of your questions as we can. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, that was the break. All right, Dwayne, let's take some questions here. Da, 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 da. From Jeff Kogan. Who is next up to commit after the two commits this weekend? That is a question that's much better suited for Bill Curlick. And there are some announcements coming, but uh, I think you're going to be surprised. By the next few, I think there's going to be after, you know, you can see after visits or spring games like that, there's a, there's some movement. We saw Jacoby Cowan hit the transfer portal. So I do think there could be some more commitments coming soon. Bill has alluded to that, but to give you an exact name right now, that would be more in the Bill Curlick. Um, uh, wheelhouse, excuse me, Michael Tefend or Tefend. You can take this one, Dwayne. The defense looked improved, but I'm not sure about Jack Sawyer dropping into coverage. What are your thoughts? That's his defense. I want to see Sawyer chasing the quarterback, uh, trying to get in the backfield on every play. And I think that uh, Knowles is getting to know his personnel, and he may decide to uh, you know not use Sawyer that much in that capacity. But he's kind of being wasted out there. I think that could very easily happen. Uh, <clears throat> Sawyer was, he flashed all game, rushing a passer, attacking the line of scrimmage. There wasn't one time he got my attention dropping into coverage. So maybe uh, as, the, as the year goes on and Knowles gets more comfortable with who can do what, uh, we'll see Sawyer just mostly uh, just a, a, a being a 4-3 defensive end. From Manny Ja, all the way from Portugal, can we expect Kai Stokes to be in the two deep at safety? Your thoughts? At least the two deep. 
he may be a starter by this time the season rolls around. I could see him and Proctor uh, uh, teaming up back there. Uh, we definitely got better depth at safety than we had last year. So we got some football players, including him, who have stepped up and uh, they're ready to uh, contribute. But he looked, he was so impressive. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he, he may be the first name on the call sheet. Stokes ran a 10-800 in high school, and you saw that on display. That was real football speed. Arguably, our number one viewer, listener, devotee, Sue Zabel, has a great question. I'll answer my opinion, then, Dwayne, you could take it from there. Why is it so hard to find great offensive linemen? It's not just us. Alabama, Clemson also have offensive line troubles. Well, first of all, there just aren't that many guys that size that are that good. That's why they made the movie The Blind Side. It's kind of a rare thing. Then again, one other issue in offensive line recruiting. If you have a great offensive lineman, he probably does not face someone during the high school season that's of equal caliber to him. It's kind of like recruiting a seven-foot basketball player who never goes against seven-footers. So how do you know how he's going to play against guys his own size? And then there's just not that many of them, like I said. Dwayne, what's your vibe? Yeah, we're talking about extremely large young men having to be evaluated at a very young age. You know, think about this. In the animal kingdom, you look around and and these big animals, when they're young, they stumble around. They're not, they're not, uh, uh, they don't have their legs under them. They're just not developed yet. And that's what we're looking at with offensive linemen. It's that simple. They're not ready, but we have to evaluate them at this age. You got six foot six, six foot seven kids that are naturally 300 pounds. Their coordination is not there yet. Their strength is not caught up with their body yet. That's why that that experience means so much. And just trying to find kids that are, you know, they're, they are going to be those kind of elite athletes, the Orlando Paces of the world that are just going to be coordinated and at that size. You know, big dancing bears. That's what you're looking for. And trying to find them is tough. That's why offensive linemen, and quarterbacks have the highest washout rate of any uh, players recruited. It's just trying to find guys that are those unique ones that are going to be uh, uh, very agile for their size. One more point and then a quick example. I had an offensive lineman who played at Ohio State once tell me it wasn't the offensive lineman that bothered him when he first got there. It was that when – For example, he had to take on a blitzing linebacker. He's like in high school, that guy was somewhere between, you know, 180 and 215 pounds. And he was taking on 22 year olds at 235 pounds coming after his rear. So that's another difference. And keep this in mind. um, Zion Johnson is going to be, if he's not the top guard picked in the draft, he'll be the second one behind Kenyon Green of Texas A&M. This guy went to Davidson as a non-scholarship player at 220 pounds, gained weight, transferred to Boston College, beefed up, and now he's going to be a first-round draft pick. So offensive line, like you said, it's kind of a different animal than all the other recruiting. So that's a long answer. Buyer's Vacation Rentals is a little bit of a nervous Nelly based on his comments here. Dwayne, 
His concerns, the non-starting receivers do not look up to standard. Too many one versus one battles lost. Are you worried about the guys that come behind? Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Egbuka. Let's remind ourselves that Julian Fleming did not play because of a minor injury. Oh, well, I know what he's talking about. We saw some guys dropping balls. We saw some things that we didn't, uh, they weren't be competing for the ball like those, uh, those, um, uh, our top guys are. They're going, they're going to just have to learn that or somebody's going to step in there and, and be, uh, uh, you know, it's in the air, it's mine. That attitude that has everything to do with an elite receiver, like the ones that just left, like the ones that are at the top of the, the, the um, depth chart right now, that's what the, the ball goes up, they're going to get it. And that, you know, just waiting on the ball to fall into your hands, that's not going to work. No, no, no. You've got to go up and take that ball away. If you're one-on-one, you should be open. That should be your ball. And, yeah, we saw some guys that just did not show that, uh, that uh, willingness to go up and, and say, uh, I'm taking the ball. So, but they'll learn it. it. It takes time. They're awfully young. All right. Next question. Yeah, th- there is some concern about how CJ Stroud looked from some people. I, th- that's not a that's not an issue. Trust me on that one. Uh, someone from Centerville, it seems like, has checked in. Elk seventy. Any concerns that Knowles was afraid to load the box in the spring game? Asking for Michigan fans. LOL. Uh, no, he wasn't going to show anybody anything. You don't want to show what you're going to, what things that you want to do, things that you think your, uh, defense of your players can do. You don't want to show nothing ever until you absolutely have to No, He's, he's just not going to do that. That it makes absolutely little sense to give anybody a glimpse of anything until you absolutely have to. So no, I wasn't expecting that. And I would have, if he had done that after the game, one of the big conversations would have been, why is he showing mm-hmm. what he wants to do? What he thinks he has the personnel to do? Yakov 22, Dan and Dwayne, did you watch any of the USFL? I did not. Dwayne? I did. I did. What'd you think? I watched the very first game. I I thought it was it was good football. They played hard. You're talking about guys that most of them played college football. I bet uh, you'd you'd be hard pressed to find a guy that didn't play some uh, college football. So they're older guys, fully grown, and they can get in the NFL from uh, playing in a league like that. Absolutely, they can. Adam Cerny asks, how many points will the offense have to put up this year with a good defensive coordinator? That's a really good question. There was a time, I would say three or four years ago, when I felt if Ohio State got 30 points, the game was over. And then the defense really was not up to snuff for a couple of years. I do think, uh, you know, we're back to the Halfley time where if Ohio State gets 30 points in a game, and they will routinely, you should win that game. Um, if you look at their schedule, I'd be hard pressed to even tell you who's going to get 30, but that's my vibe. Dwayne. I would agree with that number. If, if this defense is what I think it's going to be under Knowles, 
30 should be enough. Uh, 35 is an outside possibility. I'll be ever so slightly disappointed if we have to score 35 a game to win. But uh, no, I, I think we're going to see a different different thing. Fans got to realize, look how many – we. Larry Johnson, a legend, is the only defensive coach we brought back. They weren't getting it done over there. They were not getting it done. We had so much turmoil, turnover, and the defensive uh, uh, staff the last few years. Uh, How many defensive coordinators have we had in the last few years, Dan? Three? That that don't work. No, no, no. you got to get some guys in here who know your personnel, who can set a system up, Say, I know this guy can do this, and if he can't, I got a guy who's standing next to me. He can do it. Uh, that you got to get guys in there that uh, know your personnel and get their system set up. And uh, we weren't. We it's just been turmoil. It's been chaos over there on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I think I think we're ready to ready to get back to being. Uh, a defense that can be counted on to help us win games instead of having us out there running up down the football field like we did in the Rose Bowl. You never know for sure, but it does appear that Jim Knowles is is set up to be here for quite some time. If you look at where he is in his career and the the level of this opportunity, um, I think we hopefully have Jim Knowles here for a bit. Uh, You know, Jeff Halfley was so good so fast. I think it kind of upset the apple cart, but there's a, Question up here from J. Henry Miller. How do the Buckeyes stand with quarterback Dylan Rayola? And also, how did Jaden Davis's visit go? First, Jaden Davis did not visit. Check out Bill's latest coverage for that. Dylan Rayola, at this point in time, I would be legitimately shocked if he's not a Buckeye. Uh, my biggest concern was USC, and he has canceled the visit out to there. How do you? How would it feel to be Nebraska, by the way? They didn't take Joe Burrow when he wanted to go there. And now they're going to lose Dylan Rayola when Dom Rayola is probably the best Husker to play in the NFL for a while. So kind of brutal, but you should be looking forward to Dylan Rayola being a Buckeye. If he's not, something would have to change. Dwayne, X Chrome Sausage X. God knows what that means. Do you see Evan Pryor getting significant time and having a breakout year this year? Obviously, he was fantastic in the spring game. Oh, I think he's he's definitely uh, uh, a part of the offense now. You know, it's not just he's uh, on the depth chart. He's part of the offense. The things this kid can do. And it's not just, uh, you know, uh, getting outside and getting down the field and catching passes. He showed he can get, run him up into the line. He's fine. He's so quick. He changes direction at that speed. Uh, I, I absolutely believe that there's uh, part of the offensive game plan is to get prior in there and get the ball to him, especially in space. Yeah. He's, he's got something special to offer us. To add on to that rumor has it that Dylan Riola is bringing a bunch of recruits with him. Once he officially commits any idea who these commits would be heard. It's a lot. Just go down the list and I'd start with the receivers and, uh, the, the recruiting is at such a good spot right now that I, I mean, that's not even worth worrying about that. Let's see here. One last question. 
well, this is going to be the last one. Will Stroud and company hang a hundred this year in the shoe? I don't know about a hundred, but I would not be surprised to see a seven in the front of the score, a 70 one game. I, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you. I, I, I would not be surprised if we see the 70. I'm, uh, they won't leave guys in there that can get us to 100. No, they're not going to be on the football field. But here's the thing. It's not just Stroud. Uh, one of the things that came out of the spring game was how good we looked at quarterback, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCord played well, and Devin Brown was a, was a revelation. This mm-hmm. kid, somebody you can see it. to tell him that uh, – yeah, he he just he's not scared. He's <laughs> confident. He knows he can play. He's the most mobile of three quarterbacks. He wouldn't quit on plays. And you know the coaches were over there uh, with their arms wrapped around their heads, watching him run around back there because he just wasn't going to quit on a play. No quarterback get on the ground it's a spring game. Stop. And he wasn't having it. Uh, uh, this kid is he's if he's going to sit on a bench, it's going to be because somebody's that good. Uh, very impressed with all three quarterbacks. So that a seven first number in that score total would be a seven. Not going to be surprised. Not going to surprise me. Yeah, they're really set up nicely at quarterback now. Despite all the transfers and the movement and the portal, they've got a clear number one. I think a number two who's set to be a really good player in Kyle McCord. And then they've got the youngster and Devin Brown, who, like you said, looked like a, a stud out there. They may be better at quarterback right now than they have been in a long time. That's a crazy statement considering how good they've been. But don't forget, there was a year where you had Gunnar Hoke backing up Justin Fields, and we want to keep him in a glass box. So three guys who are ready to go and – I think what you're going to see now is them just stacking first-round draft picks. We talked about this. I said I thought they're going to be on a run of seven in a row, and now I would say it could be even more than that. I tell you what, we're going to have to end the show here. We appreciate all of your questions. It was wonderful. We will be back tomorrow. A little bit of a change to the schedule. Tomorrow's show will be me and Dane Brugler, NFL draft expert extraordinaire from The Athletic, and we will go over everything for the draft when it comes to the Buckeyes. So, Tomorrow's show will not be Dave. And then Dave will come back on Thursday with Mark and Bill. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.